Welcome, everyone, to Authors on the Air. I'm your host, Pam Stack. We're proud to be part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. I'm thrilled today to have a brand new author to me, but I know not to you because Deborah Blake has been around for a long time. She's oh, God, you just made me sound so old. Well, you have a lot of books. You're not I old. I do. And, you know. Who, who, who's the pot calling the kettle black? You know, you and me, girl. Yeah. Deborah has been known for her nonfiction books about tarot and witchcraft and Wiccan and all, which is wonderful. She has such a huge following for that, but also she's known for her paranormal stories. And it, it, she's quite a success at that too. But recently she's dipped her fingers and her toes into cozies. So she has a new book out called. Forbidden and published by Berkeley. And I just spoke to Dashe today. I'll be getting your book soon. Welcome to the show, Miss Deborah Blake. Well, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. And, and Miss Diana, who's supervising, she's good at that. That's good because I have supervisors laying all around me. Uh, if they jump in my lap, you'll get to meet them. Otherwise, they can stay where they are. You know, you know how they are, they run the show. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I have some playing in the corner. Uh, I was, I was taping a book reading the other day and in the middle there was a cat fight and I basically just had to go stop that mommy's recording now. <laughs> Doesn't matter. <clears throat> no, no. I want to know about you growing up and what kind of a kid you were. Tell me about you growing up and books or reading or your interest in the occult or anything else. Well, I was the kid who was in the corner with the books and whose mom kept saying, oh, go outside, get some fresh air. And I was like, sure, five minutes, just five minutes. Um, and and actually, since my mother was a librarian, it was at least partially her fault. Um, so, yeah, I was I was a kind of a geeky, shy kid that liked books better than I liked other kids. And I, I was probably at the age of 10 reading things like Robert Heinlein and oh, wow. Andrew Norton and, um, you know, all of those fabulous fantasy and science fiction books. And, um, yeah, that's, that's uh, I guess you can say I, I got from there to here on a pretty straight path. It sounds like you knew your genre before you knew you were going to have a genre, right? I always knew I wanted to write, actually. I think uh, my first novel was written in sixth grade math class when I was supposed to be, I don't know, paying attention to the teacher. It was very short. I think it involved a cat on a rocket ship. And, you know, you've got cats. So it was all, it sounds like it was destined to be. Yes, it really was. When did you decide to write in earnest in order to be published? Well, um, I guess 2005, I had the idea for my first nonfiction book, the one that ended up being Circle, Covenant, Grove and came out from Llewellyn in 2007, because that's how long it takes to do a book. Yeah. Um, and the idea sort of came to me because I had been leading my own coven for about a year and I wished I'd had a book for, you know, how to start a coven in 20 steps or whatever, you know, a year's worth of rituals and some suggestions. And I finally thought, well, I should write this book. And so that started my journey with Llewellyn, but I had always been writing, you know, I'd started novels and put them aside. And when I finished that book 
and sent it off to Llewellyn. I said to myself, okay, now you know you can finish a book. You have no more excuses. And so I then sat down and started working on the novels in earnest. While my Llewellyn career took off, I was, you know, in the background madly typing up fiction and, and trying to get agents and things. How cool is that? How, where did, how is it that you became interested in Excuse me, the cat's cat trying to knock the lamp over. Okay. Yeah, that's that's an amusing thing for a podcast. Let's knock the lamp over. She's a demon. This is yeah, that's Diana. She's she's my my uh, foster fail. She's about a year and a half old, and she is definitely still completely kitten and all part demon. So, um, so how did I become interested in Wicca? Well, I've always liked. Um, things like gardening and herbs and yeah, nature. Yeah. I, you know, I love nature. I love the ocean. I love digging in the dirt. Um, uh, but I didn't know there was a name for what I was until, uh, I'm going to say uh, 25, 28 years ago, I've lost track when a, a friend of mine kept inviting me to come to her house for various events, pagan events. And uh, I kept going, uh, I don't really like people. Uh, you know, you're going to have other people. And she finally said, oh, you know, come to Samhain at Halloween. There's only a few people. We're going to have a meal at my house and then go out into the park. And the, her idea of a few people was 40. And uh, everybody was hugging me and going, Mary, meet. And I'm like, oh, my God, who are these weirdos? And then we went out into the park and she cast this magic, magical circle and the God and goddess came to me and that was sort of, so I was yeah, like, Oh, oh. Connection, right? it's the yeah, it was, it was immediate. And, mm -hmm. and then I knew that I had really been this thing all along. I just didn't know there was a name for it and you can call it witch. You can call it Wiccan. I mean, it really depends on sort of which path you take. Um, and I had a, a couple of friends who were witches who, when I said, oh, oh, I'm a witch, they went, yeah, we've known that for years. We were just waiting for you to figure it out. There you go. So it's only normal that when you started writing fiction, you used, you wrote what you knew. And well, yeah. You, you wrote what you knew, which is wonderful. And I, I'm a fan of, I told you before, of all paranormal. So I love to read it, love fantasy, everything else. But now, because of a changing market, you decided to try your hand at cozy and you found out you're very adept at it. Thus, we'll, we'll see if people think so. I don't know. Well, Forbidden Fatality. So let's talk a little bit about that book since I haven't had a chance to read it because it just released today. Today, today is book birthday day. Hold, hold the, hold the book up so we can see it. There you go. And this is, oh, beautiful picture. And this is, and of course, kitty cats. Thank kitty you. cats and dogs. Okay, good. And dogs, not just yeah. kitty cats. Okay. I, I actually do like dogs. People see me with my thousands of cats and they think, oh, she's a cat person, which I am a really crazy cat person. But I, I also very much like dogs. I just am not allowed to have one by the cats. I see. Okay. That works. So tell us your inspiration, not inspiration, 
I mean, your cats are your inspiration. Earth is your inspiration. Actually, there was an inspiration for this particular book. Oh, good. Um, Well, my agent was the first person who suggested that I would have a good voice for cozies. I have, you know, there's always humor in my books. They tend not to be terribly graphic or, you know, and, and she said, oh, you know, come up with a cozy idea. And I said, or words to that effect. (laughs) And I had gotten um, a couple of the cats. I have four cats and they're all rescues, but two of them came from a local rescue organization called Superheroes in Ripped Jeans that was started by this one woman out of her apartment on a shoestring and wasn't sort of a formal shelter at the time. And she has created this amazing, amazing network of volunteers and they're now, they're renting a building which they're trying to buy. And I started volunteering up there just a little bit here and there because I'm, I have a day job and I'm writing, but I'd go up and I'd do things like clean litter boxes and wash dishes and help respond to phone calls, you know? And I, I thought to myself one day, what these people need is for somebody to win the lottery and give them a lot of money. (laughs) That was the germ of the idea. I mean, obviously the, the rescue in this book is not that rescue and the people in the book are not those people, but that was where the idea came from was going to this incredible organization and, and thinking, wouldn't it be cool if somebody you know, somebody miraculously came in and, and rescued them. Oh, what a great idea. I love that. I think I told you when we were talking, um, I have a friend, Alison Brennan, who's a New York Times bestselling author. She writes, she calls it romantic suspense. I call it thrillers. You know, she's just, she's fabulous. But anyway, she's my cat sister. And we're always saying whoever, whoever wins the lottery first, we're getting together and we're going to have this big, you know, huge sanctuary where cats just come and go as they please and they can lounge all over wherever they want. And of course we have a good chuckle over it, even though both of us are passionate about rescuing animals. So I understand that. Um, So give us the a tiny little elevator pitch about the book. Um, Okay. Uh, a, A rundown rescue in need of help of women who wins the lottery in a fluke and is in need of some sort of purpose in her life and a bossy little black kitten who brings them both together and then somehow manages to find her way into trouble. Aha. I like that. A bossy little cat will definitely get you in trouble. Yes. So um, I want everybody to know your book releases or released this morning. You are available everywhere in stores, online. Please go to your independent bookseller and make sure you look for Deborah's new book, but look for her other books too, because if you have an interest in the occult, in witchcraft, in in tarot, she has addressed all of those wonderful things. I actually have my own tarot deck. How many people can say that? Do you have it close by? Which you can uh, no, it's in the other room. Oh, okay. I mean, if I if I were clever, I would have I would have brought it with me. But no, it's the everyday witch tarot deck, and actually, I have an oracle deck that came out a little bit after that. Brilliant illustrator, 
people say, oh, did you do the illustrations too? And I say, no, not unless you want stick figure witches. That <laughs> would not be good. But I wrote the book that went with it and worked with the illustrator. And yeah, I it's it's that. actually been a, a lot of fun. And it is probably the single most popular thing I've ever put out. Wow. Congratulations. Congratulations to you. So on your wish list of things to do, what's next? Oh, well, I am finishing up writing the third book in this series. I'm contracted for three. So obviously part of my wish list is that it'll be wildly successful and they'll want me to do more. Um, I'd kind of like to do a cozy that maybe has a tarot reader protagonist. Of okay. course, with a, with a black cat, maybe somebody who's who's a witch, but not necessarily like a paranormal witch, right, like right. a neat kind of witch. Um, I'd also really like to get back to the paranormal romance if, you know, the market cycles back around again, yes. which it will eventually. Yes. I also really like contemporary romance, especially those that have humor in them and are set in, you know, little towns full of quirky people oh, yes. um, like uh, Susan Mallory wrote a bunch that were sort of like that. Susan Wiggs. Apparently you have to be named Susan. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, that kind of thing. Um, oh, somebody asked if I created characters right. based this on my not, cats. This is Dean. He's a writer. Also he writes in. Oh, hi Dean. Very interesting genre himself. So the question is, what an interesting background. Do you ever create characters based on your cat's, he's a cat lover too, cat's uh, personalities, unique personalities? Well, actually, Queenie, the, the little black kitten in this book that, you know, manages to boss around the, uh, the protagonist is based on uh, my beloved familiar, Magic the Cat, Queen of the Universe. That was her full title and she wanted you to use it. She's been gone for about three years now, mm -hmm. um, but she really was the boss of me. She was she was yeah. my supervisor, whether I was in the kitchen, she would sit on my shoulder and watch me cook. And you know, if I were writing, I'd sit on this couch and she'd sit right behind me. Uh, if we did ritual, she would come in inside the house. She didn't go outside. My cats don't go outside. Um, but inside the house, she would come and walk around the circle. And oh, so no. when I created Queenie, it was a little bit of an homage to magic. Although it does have a little bit of the mischievous qualities of that one, <laughs> Diana. She's uh, on her, her throne there. She's at the very top where most. Yes, she's, she is. She is very much, you know, queen of everything as well. Um, so, so yeah, she, she sneaks in there a little bit, but I have had cats in other books that were, were in fact based on my real cats. So yes, I do. Interesting. I, I also use my friends. I, I put everybody in the books. Good for you. That's a, that's a good way to do it. You know, it keeps you from really thinking hard about new names and personalities. <laughs> you know, that quirky people at work. Yeah. Right? Well, and actually Carrie, the protagonist is named after a friend of mine who spells her name the same way. Oh, I just, yeah, if I borrow things right and left, you know, I don't good have an imagination. You. You do. You got plenty of imagination. So when you are sitting down to write, because you consider yourself Wicca or, or a witch, do you have a ritual to make sure your writing is grounded to, to the earth? Nope. <laughs> I mean, you know no, that? I really, nothing, nothing magical. I mean, I do have um, an altar in the living room 
that I tends to be sort of my writing themed altar, which I will put um, things that are associated with the book that I'm working on and maybe a creativity candle. Uh, right now it's actually still in sort of in bulk mode. Um, but yeah, I do that, but I, I don't really uh, do anything that's magically related for my writing other than possibly praying to the gods that it doesn't suck. Right. And, and that's important too. You know, you got to appease everybody along the way. Um, so when you're writing, are you an immediate reviser or do you throw everything down on the page first and then go back and revise it? A little bit of both, actually. My What I do is I start every day by going over the previous day's words. So, you know, I correct little typos and I find where I've repeated the same word six times in two paragraphs, um, tweak little things. And that usually takes me a little while, but it also gets me back into the story yeah. Yeah. so that when I sit down to do the, that day's words, I'm in the zone. So it serves two purposes. One is when I set out to you know, re revise the entire book when I'm done, right. it's not so overwhelming. I'm not trying to fix every little thing yeah. because I did initially when I started out writing, I mean, I've obviously learned a few things since 2005 um, with like a dozen nonfiction books and a little over a dozen fiction. Right. Um, and what I learned was that I get overwhelmed by revisions if I don't do this particular, and, and it works for me. It works, you know, right. to get me, I can't just pick up the page where I left off my, my memory is so bad. I literally don't remember what I wrote yesterday. So it's good to go back and see where I was. And then because I'm a pretty clean first draft writer, it doesn't take me that long to do the polish revisions yeah, before they have to get sent off to an editor. Your baby's right behind you. Yes. She's okay. Up. Here um, from Carol Ann, she wants to know, when you're writing fiction, are you a planner or a pantser? Ah, hi, Carol Ann. I know Carol Ann. Um, I, am, I have always been a, a planner. I always had some sort of a plot and an outline. With mysteries, that's really come in handy because you cannot, some people maybe can't, I can't start a mystery story until I know the whole story. Who did it? Who, who they think might have done it, you know, and why people think they might have done it, right, how the right. protagonist gets from here to here and finds out who it was. And of course, because I work with a publisher, it's a requirement of my contract that, they, that I give them a fairly extensive uh, outline. I mean, by like extensive between 20 and 30 pages of outline. Um, that has actually turned out to be a really good thing in pandemic year because my brain is mush. And right. if I didn't have the outline, I'm not sure the books would get written. With the outline, I can at least sit there and go, oh, right, that's that's where I meant to go. So it's a lot easier for me to take, and it takes two weeks to a month for me to fully outline a book. Um, that's That's my prep time where I'm doing some research where where I'm, you know, figuring out who the characters are. Obviously, it takes longer with the first book or with a standalone book because I don't know who any of the characters are with a series. At least you've got the the main ones. 
But yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Definitely planner all the way. Sometimes I have to zig instead of zag as right. the, you know, the book surprises me, right. but in general, mostly, mostly a planner. So if, if this is your first book of what you hope will be at least three. Well, it's definitely three because the, okay. the third, the, the three are contracted for, and okay. the second is written in with my editor already. Okay. So be, because you might have intermingling characters, maybe you're pulling characters out of the first book who become the stars on your second book and so on and so forth. Do you keep like a character... I don't know, bio book or something. I'm actually working on, um, uh, I paid somebody because I, I can't do everything. So I actually paid somebody to make a, a book Bible for the first book. I right. do have something of a series Bible that I create for myself. You know, the main character, you know, Carrie is the main character in every book. She has a group of, of friends, each of which sort of gets to be highlighted in, in, the next book or the book after that um there there is a love interest and possibly a second love interest um so you know those characters get There's built kids. on uh, and and there are a bunch of animals and i have to keep track of, of the animals sure. so you know there's all of that um so i did not do a book bible with my first couple of series, like my Baba Yaga series, which is the paranormal romance. And then I spent the next five or six books going, what color were his eyes? <laughs> oh, wait, what, which one was the, so yeah, yeah I've learned, learned my lesson. You've learned your lesson. That's interesting. So which is the best part, the beginning of writing the book or when you do the hashtag at the end done? Oh, the end. The end is the best part. Is the, it really? Yeah, for me, I, I, because it's, it's work. It's really, it's, you know, and, and it's not that I don't love doing it. I do, but it is, um, I, ve I am very goal oriented. I actually, I have a whiteboard in the other room and I keep track of my word count. And that's one of my motivations. You know, I watch it grow and grow. And when I finally get to say, okay, I hit say 80,000 words or however much the end of the book right, is. Right. And, and I can say, yes, I did it. Absolutely. I love typing the end. Those are my two favorite words. Well, among my two favorite words, maybe new contract. That's two, two more good words. <laughs> also, the chocolate is here. <laughs> Bestseller. Best, that would one. be good. There yeah, you go. I'd, I actually don't worry about being a bestseller. I know some authors are very much, that's a goal that they have. And it wouldn't hurt my feelings. I mean, it would be great. But if I, never, if I never become a bestseller, but I put out a lot of books and people love them and get enjoyment out of them, I'm okay with that. The bestseller okay. thing is, is great, but it isn't my goal. My goal my is, is to continue to be able to write to, you know, to be successful enough that publishers will continue to want my books, but that people will continue to want my books that's and read them. Right. Well, that's wonderful. Um, anybody you want to give a shout out to who gives you inspiration or anyone you want to say hello to? Actually, uh, I owe huge, huge thanks with this book in particular to Donna Andrews, who is a mystery writer. She's actually not a cozy mystery writer. She writes what she calls a humorous traditional mystery. 
She's not found in the cozy section. She's found in the mystery section. And I have been reading her books for years. And as often happens, I stalked her online and we became friends. Um, and we spent a lot of time, you know, doing Facebook chat. And when I realized that I had to write a mystery and I, well, my other books had elements of mysteries in them. I mean, the, you know, the paranormal romance, sure. the urban fantasies have, you know, some mystery, some suspense, that sort of thing. But I'd never written a mystery. And I immediately, you know, messaged her and went, how, how do I do this? And she spent a lot of time. She gave me great suggestions. She read, she has read every single book and given me feedback. Um, so she's amazing. I also have a friend who is not a writer. Her name is Karen Vise. Um, who actually, she is a character in this book under a different name, uh, inspired by, but she is a huge mystery reader. And so she was one of my first readers. And, you know, I would send her things and say, okay, does this work for you? If it doesn't, what doesn't work for you? And she's been helping me with some promotional things behind the scenes. Aww. We were, su we were supposed to go to VoucherCon together last October Meet up with Donna. It was going to be great. Didn't happen. But no. maybe, I mean, the next one is in August. We'll see. I have my fingers crossed. I, I think it's sort of a long shot. But anything is possible. Listen, we may get very lucky if everybody gets vaccinated and, you know, people wear masks, we might luck out and make it possible because sure as heck, it's going to be a good time with Heather Graham running the whole thing. Oh, exactly. <laughs> so, and I've, and I've never been to VoucherCon. That was going oh, to be my first fun. one. Oh, they're I've heard that. Yeah, it was always one of those things I wanted to go to even before I started writing mysteries. And now that I'm shifting from, like the RWA romance track to the, you know, sisters in crime, mystery right, right. writers of America, mystery track. I would, I would love to go, but yeah, those, those two folks and my mom actually has read every single book I've ever written. Yeah. She actually is a writer herself. She's extremely good and very good at the technical bits. Uh, she, she knows where the commas go. I just throw them against the screen and hope some of them stick. There you go. What's your favorite social media site? Um, Facebook, I guess. I'm on Facebook and Twitter pretty regularly. I have now come to Instagram. Um, I don't, I'm still learning how to use Instagram. I get confused and I'm not a, a huge cell phone person. So it's a, you know, it's easier for me to post things to Facebook. There you go. I have an author page and a personal page on Facebook. So I guess that one. We're scrolling all your information so that everybody knows where to find you. Um, folks, I'm so glad you joined me today. This is the fabulous Deborah Blake, who can we, can we share our secret? Yes, yes. Tell them, tell them. Okay, so I'm very proud to announce that Deborah Blake will be joining the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network as a videocaster with her own show. We hope to get that going by March 1st. It may be a little bit afterward, but welcome and congratulations. Thank you. I'm, I'm so very excited. excited. So I, you know, I said something on Facebook right. about how I was, you know, I had talked to my friend Donna right. um, when we were promoting this book and, you know, I had a bunch of other author friends who went, Oh gee, I would do that with you. And they're from every genre imaginable. They're all fabulous. And I said, gee, would anybody be interested in me doing this? And 
Apparently the answer was yes. Yeah, you had a lot of responses to that post. So I have a feeling you're going to be very successful doing this. We're going to have a lot of fun together. It's and definitely going to be fun. And we don't get to go to conventions right now. We don't get to go right. to book signings. We'll be part so of it. Though. Trust me. We'll, we're going to be part of it because we're going to be doing a lot of video casting for all of the conferences. I promise you. But this gives us a way to all like hang out together for Absolutely. now before we can do that. So Absolutely. that's. So keep an eye on Deborah's pages. You will see the announcements. Um, we are working behind the scenes right now. The new book is Forbidden Fatality. And it's available today. Deborah. Thank you for having me. Thank this was so much so fun. Much. And everybody go check Deborah out. Go like her pages and make comments for her. Tell her how great she is. Thank you so much for being with me. Bye, everyone. I'll see you the next time.